Good morning, and peace be with you. We have some announcements this uh, morning, um, but you're going to do it for him. Thank you, Debbie. Come on up and let us know everything that's fit to know. And also, before Debbie comes up here, I just want to, um, if, if there's an opportunity that you need to come up and the stairs are a challenge, um, I would invite you to either use the ramp or the bars right there. Uh, that would be great. Just to, you know, it's safer, more comfortable, and your pastor won't have a heart attack. Okay? Good morning. I'm not... I'm not Roger, but I try harder, and uh, so I'm runner-up for the announcements today. Um, it's different from this side. <sighs> I'm getting a little nervous up here. Uh, anyway, uh, I have a note here to remind everybody who, uh, who uh, were kind enough to buy uh, orc uh, calla lilies, please pick them up today and take them home or to a, someone special that you'd like to share them with. Our mission for this month is a Christian retreat center in Latvia. The focus of this retreat center is to reach believers and non-believers in the Baltic states and to foster children, discipleship, and healing of the whole person. Uh, Tuesday, we have sit and be fit at 10 o'clock. Come. Then we have Bible study at noon, women's Bible. Well, it's women's Bible, but all are welcome. I encourage everybody outside this church or in this church, come. I have learned more coming to this Bible study than I've been going to church a long time. So please come. There's room for always one more. Saturday morning is men's Bible study. And of course, that's always better because they have donuts. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, on the fifth page on our bulletin, we're now adding uh, praises, and we're encourage encouraging everybody to, if you have a praise, praise regarding this church, praise about people in your family, uh, anything for the good of the church, whatever you have to offer. Uh, our music, we just want to thank Nick and Diane so much it's such a joy to walk in and, and hear your music going. It's so good. Thank you. <laughs> Upcoming event, another good thing, uh, June 3rd, we're going to have a piano concert. I was here for the first one. It was great. This man is in, absolutely incredible, and he remembers. He does classic music, and he remembers. He doesn't have to read any of the music. He's wonderful. There are portals of prayer in the back, um, available in Narthex, and on the desk outside Ashley's office. Glad to see you all here, and welcome. Our opening hymn is on page 143. Now all the vault of heaven resounds.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. He is Christ. Worship. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess our life, the conversation that Jesus is Lord and God. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. morning. We'll be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 29 through 42. If you have your pew Bibles in front of you there, it'll be on page 1699. This talks about the apostles persecuted. Peter and the other apostles replied, You must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as Prince and Savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared claiming to be somebody and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all of his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, please, Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered 
they ordered them, then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So the apostles left Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple, courts and from the house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Please join me in your bulletin on page six. We'll read Psalm 148, responsibly. This is a call to all things in all creation to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures of all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth, and all nations, you princesses, and rulers are all, all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. And he has raised up for his people a horn the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. The next uh, reading is uh, on page 1886 in the Pew Bible. We'll be looking at 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. It's entitled, Praise to God for a Living Hope, or in other words, Faith. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. 
In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, while you may have had to suffer griefs and all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of great worth than gold, greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end results of your faith, that is the salvation of your souls. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John from the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from St. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31, and can be found on page 1686 in your Pew Bible. John records On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and he stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples, they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. My side. 
Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Well, good morning and welcome to annual Pick on Thomas Day. Every year in the church, we celebrate Easter, and then the following week we, we pick on Thomas. He was late to Sunday service, so he missed Jesus. And he uttered the ultimate, ultimatum that you just heard, and I'm going to read it again. He says, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into that mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Then, the next Sunday, well, Jesus showed up. And he said, put your finger here. And see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas believed. And they all lived happily ever after. Well, not quite. No, not quite. The skepticism of all of the disciples is one of the things that contributes to the credibility of the Easter accounts in the, in the Gospels. Before Jesus revealed himself to the disciples, none of them believed, not one. Luke, the evangelist, records in Luke 24, verses 9 through 11, he said, Returning from the tomb... They told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. Notice that it says the apostles, all of them. And they thought that the witness of the women was an idle tale. Foolishness. This is not the way 
that stories usually went at that time. There are people who insist that the account of the resurrection is made up. But the entire style of the account of the resurrection does not, it doesn't hold to any style of other religious literature at the time. If the disciples were making these stories up out of their own imaginations, we would expect the story to go anything but the way we just read. It would go something like this. We would expect to hear that the loyal disciples who immediately understood Jesus when he told them about his upcoming death and resurrection, we would expect that these same disciples would demonstrate intense loyalty to Jesus as they attended to him during the false trial, the suffering and the crucifixion. And, and then we would expect them to remove the body from the cross with the utmost of dignity and respect as they carefully prepared to wait for the resurrection. We would expect them to pray psalms and sing hymns as they held vigil until Jesus returned to life. And then they would have rejoiced and they would have worshipped Jesus as they learned at his feet until he ascended to heaven. That's the kind of story that you would expect if the disciples were making this stuff up. What we actually read, what actually happened was that Jesus told the disciples that he would suffer, die, and rise from the dead, and the disciples didn't get it. Instead, they quarreled. They quarreled with each other about who was the greatest. And when it finally became clear that Jesus was going to allow himself to be arrested, taken in for trial, the disciples ran like rabbits. When witnesses began to tell the disciples that Jesus had risen from the dead, well, the disciples thought that the witnesses were hallucinating or something. The disciples didn't just doubt. They flat out rejected the idea that Jesus rose from the dead. The accounts pretty much portray the disciples as unbelieving cowards. That was not the way to start a new religion in that day and age or any day. And the truth of the matter is this, that while Jesus lay in the tomb, the disciples were unbelievers. They were pagans. They were lost in unbelief and sin. They weren't just doubting. They were unbelieving. And unbelief is the way that all people, all people begin this life. The rite of baptism says the 
Word of God teaches that we are all conceived and born sinful and are under the same power of the devil until Christ claims us as his own. We would be lost forever unless delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. The psalmist writes this in Psalm 51, 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. But the Father of all mercy and grace has sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to atone for the sin of the whole world, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is the reason it is so important to hear the words of Jesus in today's gospel. Jesus came and stood among them. He came and stood among them and he said, Peace be with you. And here are the disciples that are hiding behind locked doors. They're afraid. They're disheartened. They are unbelieving. And mercifully, Jesus came to them with peace. And he was gentle. And he was patient. And he showed them his hands and his side. And he gently and carefully restored their faith in him. And now they knew. Not only did Jesus die on the cross, but now they knew that he rose from the dead. And he encouraged the disciples to examine his wounds to verify that it really was him. We hear Jesus give peace three times in the gospel this morning. That is Jesus, that's his main mission, earning and giving peace. Long ago, the enemy seduced humanity into hostility toward God. And we don't have peace with him. We are his enemies. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, entered into our humanity and he lived a perfect life under the law. He willingly allowed his enemies to nail him to a cross. And while he hung on that cross, he endured the punishment that we, the enemies of God, deserved. And then he died, and he rose again. And in this way, he earned forgiveness for all people. He earned peace with God, and he offered that peace to his disciples, and he still offers that peace to us. In fact, it is in the very gospel that we just read that we hear how Jesus transmits his peace to us. He said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. This is nothing other than Jesus installing these men as apostles. 
For we know that the very word apostle comes from a Greek word that means to send. Jesus said that he is God the Father's apostle, the one sent from the Father. Now, he is commissioning these disciples to be his disciples, his apostles. Ones who are sent directly by him. And these apostles will take the very peace that Jesus has given to them and proclaim it to the world. Okay, do you realize how crazy this is? I mean, these are the guys who often quarreled about who was the greatest among them. These are the guys who abandoned Jesus during his greatest need. These guys are the guys who thought the stories of the resurrection were idle tales. These guys who drew a total blank Total, that's my total blank face. They draw a total blank when Jesus told them he was going to suffer, die, and rise from the dead. Holy cow, people, these are not the brightest bulbs in the knife drawer. I mean, the, in the box. Nevertheless, they are the ones they are the ones who Jesus sent. They are the ones Apostle Paul wrote about to the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians 2, 19 and 20, he wrote, You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. The Apostle Paul states that these men are the foundation of the household of God. Paul is talking about men who were cowardly unbelievers until Jesus showed himself to them. And now Jesus is sending them. Now they are Jesus' apostles. And there is only one way that a group of misfits like this can carry out the mission of Jesus. God has to do the work. It has to be God working through these men that makes them the sent ones. They are like God's people of old who often came to battle ready to fight, only to discover that God had already won the battle. They thought, they really thought, that they were coming as soldiers, but they only ended up being witnesses to the victory God won for them. And Jesus also gave them a special authority. We talked about this in our men's group yesterday. He breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, 
it is withheld. And he gave these men the authority to administer the very forgiveness of sins that Jesus earned on the cross. The very forgiveness of sins that gives us peace with God. Now, we read about the work God did through these apostles in the first reading this morning. Ed read it from Acts 5. He read, when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then they let them go. And then they left the presence of the council rejoicing. They were they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day, in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. And on Easter morning, they were cowardly unbelievers. But later, they rejoiced at the suffering that they received in the name of Jesus only God, only God can work a change like that. Now, the apostles, they have long since died. But they still teach us, for we have their teachings in the written form in the New Testament. Their writings still tell us that Jesus saved us from sin with his perfect life and his sacrificial death. And their writings, their writings still tell us that we have God's promise of resurrection because Jesus did not remain in the tomb. He rose to immortal life, ascended into heaven. And their writings, well, their writings continue the work that Jesus gave them when he called them to be his sent one, his apostles. The apostles have died, but the office of holy ministry continues. Jesus still sends his men to proclaim peace to the world, and the Holy Spirit worked through the apostles to establish congregations of believers in many, many places. And as the Holy Spirit established these congregations. He also established the office of the Holy Ministry as the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write this. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 12. Paul writes this. Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Once again, today's gospel demonstrates the overwhelming generosity of God's mercy. Jesus showed himself to a group of unbelieving cowards. He gave God's peace to them. He commissioned them to be his apostles, his sent ones, he breathed the Holy Spirit into them. He gave them the authority to administer the very forgiveness that he earned for them all and for all people on the cross. These men 
deserved none of this. But they received it all by God's grace as a gift. God continues to work in grace and in mercy today. At birth, every one of us is a selfish enemy of God. And despite this, the Father of all mercy and grace has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who atoned for the sin of the whole world, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And Jesus gives His peace to us. And the Holy Spirit still works in us by the power of the very Word, the power of the very Word that Jesus sent His apostles to proclaim. And pastors still administer the very forgiveness of Jesus Christ as they say, as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And in all these ways and more, Jesus still comes to us, and he says this, Peace be with you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, to pray. Thank you, Lord, for each person here. I pray that you would bless us and strengthen us. I pray that we would feel your loving presence and peace through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would revive our faith daily, especially when we face trials, hardships, and tribulations. We lift up all who are in storms, sick, tired, and in pain. We ask for your hope, peace, and healing to be felt deep in our hearts. You are our God, and we surrender our lives to you. We are grateful for your faithfulness. Without you, Lord, we would be lost. But with you, we can do all things and endure all things. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we thank you and we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, indeed, 
right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for your glorious resurrection of our Lord. For he is the true Passover Lamb who gave himself to take away our sins, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so, with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with the earth and sea and all their creatures, and with the angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join there in unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. We call it pick on Thomas, but uh, our Savior didn't pick on him. Our Savior gently and completely restored him. Thomas wasn't doubting, he was skeptical. He gets a bad rap in this, and I'm grateful for him for asking the questions that nobody else had the courage to ask. But Christ comes to you and to me and to him where we're at. And he provides answers. One of the answers that he provides for a question we might have, that is, who will send us from this wretched body of death? Paul asked that question. Well, thanks be to God and his son, Jesus Christ. This holy sacrament 
My body, he said, given for you. My blood shed for you. It rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. If that is your confession, then come. The table is prepared. The usher will bring you forward. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn is the Old Rugged Cross. Mm-hmm.